2: And hello there and good morning. Welcome along to The Garden Show. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Charlie Dobbin to my left. Uh, to your right, probably as you're looking at the radio, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, we're here on a rather rainy Saturday morning. Rather right. rainy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Once I switched from backstroke to crawl, as I <laughs> said to Dave and uh, Christina, who are our producers today, uh, I made it into work much faster. God, mm. it was just coming down in torrents. Yeah, Cats I'm feeling dogs. I'm feeling awfully sorry really uh, for the all the, the women who are walking, and there are there are guys walking too. Mm. Uh, for the uh, weekend to end, women's cancers, uh, and uh, we'll be getting kind of an update
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: about nine thirty this morning. To hear what morning.
3: stroke they're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because
3: they're out there in this weather.
2: Oh, oh man!
3: Oh. Well. Uh, of all that, you know, I you know.
2: work a whole year to plan this, and to, you know, and then the Mother Nature says, "Guess what? <laughs> I to, know, I know." But yeah, it's
3: good for the ducks. Yeah, Good for the gardens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we haven't exactly been uh, overwhelmed by the amount of rain this that summer. That is
2: absolutely true, Charlie. So absolutely you're
3: true. right. The rivers are running high. Um, <laughs> ditches are running River deep.
2: running high. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I came down the Don Valley Parkway and it was a river. Yeah. Well, so, oh, yeah. I came yeah. surfing down the highway. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of rain out there.
2: Well, we'd like to hear from you, my friends. Uh, this is The Garden Show. Question about your garden? Well, Shoot it to Charlie. She'll fix you up. Uh, number to call... For Toronto area, listeners, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, 1866-740-4740. And this is one of those mornings that I wish it was had been television. We could I i I'd, I'd <laughs> turn the camera toward Charlie as she's reefing her jacket, which had a zipper stuck over her head, and she was Saying naughty words.
3: <laughs> As I was <laughs> pouring moisture all over the floor. Anyhow, here's some upcoming events. For those of you that yes. don't want to listen to us whine about how wet it is today. Tomorrow, okay. you can add a piece of the Royal Botanical Garden's col- iris collection to your very own garden. This year's auxiliary fall plant sale features hundreds of one-of-a-kind iris, direct from the RBG's Historic Leaking Garden. So that's tomorrow from 11 until 4 p.m. at the Arboretum. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly worth checking out. Uh, this Monday, September the 10th, I'll be visiting the Harriston and District Hort Society and helping to celebrate them 60 years wow. and going strong. Uh, big big banquet uh, going on in Harriston. So I'll be presenting after the banquet, Great Gardens with Less Water. Timely topic when it's boring rain, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still a t- good topic based on the kind of growing yeah. season we've had. Uh, Lots of things going on Uh, Tuesday, September the 11th. Scarborough Garden and Hort Society presents Four Seasons Gardening. Pathways to Perennials will be on site at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Of course, everyone is welcome and refreshments are offered. Same day, the Bur- oh, no, sorry, Wednesday, September twelfth, the Burlington Hort Society general meeting and flower show. I mentioned this last mm-hmm. week. They are having that from seven thirty till nine p.m. and that's the uh, Burlington Senior Center. Topic is eighteen twelve perennials then and now, and Tony Post will be presenting that um, that topic. The Riverdale Hort Society will be meeting on September the twelfth as well, which is the Wednesday um they that's a change their previously published program had them doing the awards presentation that evening but they have changed they are not doing the awards presentation they've postponed that instead frank kershaw will do a slide presentation on inspiring fall and winter gardens and they're going to be meeting at the clubhouse which again, this is a different location. Normally, they meet at Frankland Community Center. <clears throat> this Wednesday, they're just one Wednesday. They're meeting at the clubhouse in Withrow Park at 7 p.m. There'll be a potluck and Frank's presentation. Um, what else? What else? Oh, that's probably the that's that's the main stuff to the share stuff? with you. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: I'm uh, we've got a full uh, line uh, lineup uh, already, so. Dave and Christina have been doing their job. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, our little mantra that I forgot to pass along, so I better do it. Uh, remember now, call early, call often, one question per call. So if you get on and you uh, in the middle of your diatribe, uh, think, I want to ask one more question. No, hang up and then call back. <laughs> yeah, and that's the way it goes. Okay. Are we all set to roll? That's on? right. Okay.
3: Patrolman proctors on duty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to be back to talk to Bob right here in T.O. right after these words on AM 740, The Garden Show.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And uh, the, those of you just digging into breakfast, hold on just a minute. Uh, <laughs> wait for a moment because uh, Bob in Toronto wants to talk about white grubs. Ooh, yummy, yummy. Hi, Bob. Good morning.
4: Good morning. morning. Uh, I was wondering, uh, this year, uh, being such a hot, extended summer, mm-hmm. when should I apply the spray for white grubs? Like, this year, st- they don't seem to be too many, but there's a lot more of those little long-winged moths, That seems. To be- I guess everything goes in cycles.
3: Well, it does, but also it's a time of year. Remember the way it works with the white grubs. The, what grubs are currently alive and eating your lawn are tiny. They're microscopic. They're so small that you would, you probably wouldn't even see them. But you will start to see the damage because the... the... The whole nest of eggs tends to all hatch at one time.
4: Well, the coons let you know, right?
3: Well, the coons let you know once the grubs get bigger. So that's why the coons usually do all the damage to our lawns in the spring. Because by that time, the grubs have eaten all fall, overwintered down deep in the soil, and then come back up in the spring to continue eating, and they're a lot bigger by then. So, But you're absolutely right. The nematodes can be applied now. Uh, You wouldn't do it in the pouring rain, but all this moisture is perfect because you do want to put the grubs onto a moist lawn.
4: How about the spray? Because the nematodes are very expensive, and I'm not so sure they they work that well, but I mean, that's just my opinion.
3: But what spray would you be talking about?
4: Well, there is a spray put out by Welsons. that's specifically formulated for white grubs.
3: And I believe, and you're thinking of like a bug, not bug be gone, but something like that.
4: Well, no, it's. Designed for the grubs, I don't know what they put in it, but you put it on the end of the hose, and it's uh, metered out by the f- hose flow.
3: Yeah. So, it, um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what it is, but it probably is a pyrethrin-based spray. If you look at the active ingredient, it'll probably say something about pyrethrin. Um, the the whole trick with any of any spray, any kind of uh, troubleshooting that you're trying to do, read the instructions very carefully and follow them to but the that's letter. But a
4: guy's thing, isn't it? They, they all fail to read the instructions. Right? <laughs> but so
3: many people call God. and say, but it didn't work. Isn't and I it? go, well, did you read the instructions? <laughs> so, you know, timing huh. is everything. If you want these things to work, it's got to do with temperature, it's got to do with moisture, it's got to do with you getting that spray down <laughs> to where the grubs might be, and also spraying where you are, gonna, are seeing grubs or grub damage. It's going to start as a little, like a loony-sized yellow Yellow uh, round typical kind of dead spot in the grass. It'll look like dog pee. But what, what will happen, of course, is that that little yellow loony-sized uh, spot is going to start getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
4: Okay, so you I'm watch. A it. Quote today for your cohort there because he's <laughs> always telling funnies. Uh, some days you're a pigeon, other days you're a statue.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a man thing, I guess isn't it? Yep. In your mind. Yes. 9:16 as we uh, progress along in this Saturday morning and uh, saying hi to our listeners. Hey, we've got a listener in uh, Lancaster, New York. Marshall's on the line. Good morning, Marshall.
5: Good morning. Morning. I have a question. Mhm. Um Regarding zucchini, uh, we have not had a good yield this year. Actually, for the past three years, we have not. Mm -hmm. We get what appears to be a healthy-looking bush, and we do get blossoms Mm -hmm. that are pollinated, and Mm -hmm. we do get fruit. Mm -hmm. The fruit is about the size of a cigar. Mm -hmm. The blossom will fall off, and then the blossom end will wither. Right, and the fruit never reaches full maturity,
3: it just kind of withers on the vine
5: it withers on the vine they they you know and they're they're very small, mm-hmm. and, you know, we just pluck them off when they wither, hoping that the plant will
3: produce more yeah, continue to flower and continue but, to get um, pollinated
5: you know we we never seem to get full maturity, I think out of two two plants we had this year. We got two zucchini. You they know, full size and, and good.
3: In my experience, when zucchini is doing all the things you're saying, it's growing, it's flowering, it's clearly getting pollinated, but you're not getting a lot of fruit, it has, seems to have something to do with sun. Is it possible that your zucchini is in some shade? The um, plants, I mean? Some
5: shade. Yeah, not all the time. I would say, I've tried it in three different locations in the yard. Mm-hmm. First, you're about Four hours direct sun, second year about eight hours direct sun. Which should be better. And the third year about six hours direct mm-hmm. sun.
3: Yeah, because the more sun, the better I find. Oh, really? Yeah, with zucchinis. Now, yes. and you do have to keep them moist. We had some, you know, were you watering when we were in the serious drought situation there? Oh, we, yes, yeah. every day. And the other thing I've learned, <clears throat> and, and zucchini is completely uh, true to this. Be very careful with your vegetables. Always water, if you can early in the morning, not too early, not like 6 a.m., more like 8 or 9 a.m. if you can. That way the plants are dry when the sun goes down and if we water too early in the morning, in the case of zucchinis and squashes, that's when the pollination takes place because that's when the flowers open. And if we water too early, number one, we scare away the little flying insects that might want to be doing the pollinating for us, but we also tend to knock the flowers off prior to pollination taking place. Mm -hmm. So timing on the watering excuse me, is important as well. But um, but uh, you're good. You know, a well-drained, rich soil, kept moist, lots and lots of sun. Okay, seems to be the real trick with zucchinis.
5: Okay, very good. All right. Now, Thank you right you now, very much in much for your help in Lancaster, Thanks. are
2: you getting a ton of rain too today?
5: Yes, today we are. Yep. We had thunderstorms, and um, we had just pouring rain. Yeah, dr- about an hour ago. So it's it's letting up a little bit but um yeah we're, we're getting rain much needed <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> yeah, yeah. We,
2: everybody everybody Drake needs the rain yeah, exactly
5: yeah. well Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you very much for your help.
2: Okay, bye-bye, bye-bye now, bye now, Marshall. Thank you for joining us on the Garden Show here at AM 740, Zoomer Radio. And I believe it's uh, Beverly in uh, Niagara Falls who's on the line now. Hello, Beverly. Oh, oh, wait a minute, just a second, I'm, I'm sorry. We have to go to a little bit of a break here. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that means it's exercise time. That's
3: right. right? And you've got on your brand-new headphones, yes. the disco phones. My
2: disco, they're laughing at my disco. <laughs> Phones are white.
3: <laughs> They're very white. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just gonna try and slow you down because I know you're just a, a dancing maniac. And uh, of course <laughs> the reason you're able to do all that is because Sierra Sil keeps you limber, keeps you pain free, and this is important because you know, aches, pains in the joints tend to happen as we get older. So we wanna maintain the freedom <laughs> to we want the want the freedom to maintain our favorite activities. Yeah. Like disco dancing. With reduced <laughs> aches and stiffness, we take Sierra Sil every day, Frank and I. Three little pills every day. And that more information you can get from their website, sierrasil.ca. Or you can pick up Sierra Sil at many of the health food stores, like Noah's Natural Foods uh, at Eglinton & Young, St. Clair & Young, Bloor Street, and, and all of Noah's Natural Foods are in Toronto. Or give them a call at one eight seven seven joint fourteen
2: Uh, And by the uh, master gardener's side, uh, the sous-chef of the garden, Franklin Mm -hmm.
3: Potter. The dancing. Yes, indeed. Maniac.
2: (laughs) I know that Beverly is waiting to talk to you from Niagara Falls. Good morning, Beverly.
7: Um, I'm redoing my front uh, garden Mm -hmm. bed this this fall, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to put a tree in, Mm -hmm. and I've I always like the pagoda dogwood. Yep, would it be suitable?
3: Uh, okay, so and this is the P- pagoda dogwood is a lovely, lovely tree. One of my all-time favorites. It's um, it's called a pagoda. It grows almost like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. When we buy them, though, they they tend to be fairly short. Like it's a small tree. The tallest it ever gets is maybe fifteen feet high. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect size for a small yard or you know a bungalow because you never want you know trees that are overpowering the house. Um, perfect under hydro lines, anything like that. When the, it's a native tree, of course. So it's um, cornus alternifolia is the proper name. It flowers in the spring, has berries in the summer, which the robins take very quickly. turns a lovely kind of a burgundy color in the fall before dropping its leaves. So it's, you know, lovely in, in every season. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a great tree as far as I'm concerned, but it isn't a huge tree. So I guess it just depends if you're looking for a tree, you're going to be walking below, or this is a small tree to be a bit of a focal point in, uh, in, a, in an area at the front. It's, a, it's
7: supposed to be a focal point. And I do live in a bungalow.
3: Yeah. So, perfect. I mean, as long as it's not something that, because they're wide. They don't get super tall, but they get wide. So make sure it's in a situation where its width will not be interfering with a walkway. Uh, you know, you can allow it to achieve the kind of width it wants to get you know, to.
7: It's at, it'll be at the corner of the house. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's just at the side yard then.
3: Right. Yeah. So there's no walkway or anything there.
7: So that it would survive and all that. When yeah. should I put it in?
3: Oh, you know what? The fall is a great time to plant. There's very few plants we don't plant in the fall. Uh, birch comes to mind. as something that we typically only plant in the spring. But otherwise, fall is a wonderful time to do our planting. The soil is nice and warm. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot. typically a fair amount of rain in the, in the fall. So the plants can get established very quickly and they're ready to go in the spring.
7: Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much.
3: Oh, you're very welcome. It's a great choice. Thanks,
2: Beverly. Uh, you're with The Garden Show and Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio AM 740 in Toronto as we uh, now go to St. Catharines. Paula's there. Good morning, Paula.
6: Um, I have a three tiered strawberry planter
8: mm-hmm.
6: and it's growing crazy all year like lots of growth, lots of runners, but no fruit, no flowers. Aww. So um, that, and I and I don't know how to store it this winter because we're not like in a house. We're in a townhouse bungalow.
3: Right. And the, is it a, a terracotta planter or is it plastic? So
6: it's uh, one of those green uh, planters that looks almost like your clover, you know, like it's three and three and three. Oh, right. It's so it's like stacked. stacked. Alternately.
3: Mm-hmm. But it is made out of plastic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and do they can they come apart, or I guess you wouldn't want to? Oh, yeah, it-
6: they can come apart.
3: Okay. Uh, all right. So that's a good question. Well, number one, strawberry plant was it new this year? Did you just start? No, the No. Well, it
6: was. We moved in April to here, so I had brought, um, dug some of the plants that I had last year,
5: um, mm-hmm. and
6: repotted them mm-hmm. um, in there. But uh, it had it. It really it's filled out. I mean, the whole thing is full, and I keep um taking the runners and planting them back up and <laughs> yeah.
3: um I'm wondering are you fertilizing it? Yes. With what fertilizer?
6: Uh it was like a, a fruit vegetable fertilizer.
3: Oh really? Because often when we have super healthy, lush foliage on plants, it's because we are taking such good care of them, watering them, feeding them, that they do that. They grow crazy, lush foliage and never bother flowering or fruiting because there's really no need. They're perfectly happy. Right. And fertilizer can certainly make the difference. So sometimes we have to be a little tougher on our plants and not be, you know, care for them quite as perfectly. Now, that's not to say in a plant or above ground, we always have to be careful that there's sufficient moisture uh, being provided to the plants. But um, for now, uh, it's a bit late in the season. You're unlikely to get any flowers. You know, strawberries usually do all their flowering early in the season. uh, So you're not going to get anything going on that way. For overwintering, the planter, if you can't bury the planter or, you know, separate it into three and then bury each of the kind of the levels uh, underground, just, just underground is all you need. They do. They should be kept in a frost-free location. So if you had a, sh- a garden shed or a garage, some place where you could overwinter the planters, because above ground is quite cold. Mm-hmm. Strawberries are very tough. You are in the banana belt down there in Saint Catherine, so it is possible that it just won't get that cold, and the strawberries would survive above ground. Mm-hmm. But to be on the safe side, I would bury the the, conti- the planters if you can or put them in a shed or something like that. Okay. Uh, and next year, just fertilize in the spring once, get them into lots and like the sunniest location you've got, mm-hmm. and, and hold back on fertilizing after that. Wait at least six to eight weeks before you fertilize again would be my suggestion next spring. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for your call.
2: Bye. Take care now, and thanks for that call from St. Catharines, mm-hmm. nine twenty-seven our time. And very shortly, we're going to be hearing from the uh, one of the gals, either uh, Libby Znemer or Jane Brown, Who are that walked to and women's cancer. See how everybody's dripping, making out in, in the rain. But they're going to be staying overnight at Rogers Centre, I think, anyway. So that's okay. Meantime, we better push along if we get one more call in. Do you think? Hey, yeah? sure. All righty, let's do that. And uh, I believe it is Joyce from Guelph. Hello, Joyce. Welcome along.
7: Hello. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, we have several uh, rows of Sharon.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: And they've flowered
6: into the garden.
3: Pardon? Oh, you know what? You have to turn your radio down.
2: Yeah, turn your radio down, Joyce. Uh, I don't
3: have my radio on. Oh, oh excellent. Well, okay. Good. Sorry, I heard something in the background there. Go I ahead. I turned it off.
2: Okay. Is someone talking to you in the background? Hello, Joyce? Yes. Yeah, go ahead.
7: Uh, Yes, I have several rows of Sharon, and they have just flowered beautifully this summer. Mm -hmm. But they have so many seeds on them now that they're weighing the branches down. (laughs) And I was just wondering, would it do any harm to cut those seeds off?
3: No, it wouldn't do any harm. Uh, I'm just trying to think if... The one thing is, you wouldn't want. I would try to avoid cutting them now because if you cut them off now, you're likely to force out some new growth on the Rosa Sharon. Just because it'll respond by growing if you trim it, and that new growth is likely to be frosted. If we, you know, when we do get a frost, the new growth will be tender and it's likely to die. Those tips might die in the frost. So that would be my one hesitation to trim now. I'd wait. If you can wait another month or so, then go ahead and do some trimming.
7: I'm sorry. I I can't hear you.
3: Okay, so tell you what, yeah, why don't you uh you could hang up and turn up your radio, then you'll be able to hear and we'll do that again, or you can listen to the podcast of this show when it's uh, up on the AM740 website, you can always listen to shows again. So okay, ha- hang so you, up for hang now, Hang up now, Joyce,
2: Joyce and, and uh, Charlie will repeat what she had just said there, okay? All right. Sometimes there's a little bit of interference. I don't know what that problem was, but uh, now to Joyce. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're, go- <laughs> we're going to be joined by Jane in just a flash here. Okay, want and I'm just one.
3: hopefully Joyce has had a chance to turn her radio back up. Uh, just wanted to say, um, the Rose of Sharon... In heavy bud and seed right now, heavy fruit should be left alone if you can for at least a month or so and then go ahead and trim anything off you want then uh, and likely have good success with no new growth happening and no death due to early frost to the tips okay
2: now as we mentioned right at the top of the show uh, Charlie Mm -hmm. this is the weekend to end women's cancers benefiting the uh, Campbell Family Institute at the Princess Margaret Hospital and it's a weekend that they'll not soon forget uh, for many reasons I'm sure (laughs) but Jane Brown uh, our anchor on the uh, morning news here at AM 740 is on the line with us right now good morning Jane
9: Good morning, Frank. Morning, Jane. <laughs> Hi, Charlie.
2: There was kind of a resigned. Good morning, Frank. So <laughs> the question is: Is we've
9: it just uh, deeped into Princess Margaret Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, the amazing facility that we've? Raised all kinds of money for close to $50,000 Team Zoomer has raised through generous donors like our AM740 listeners. And so that's why it's so quiet, because I would never be able to hear you from the actual (laughs) route.
3: (laughs) Really? There's that many people out there?
9: There are about 5,000 walkers wearing all kinds of rain gear. (laughs) They're getting absolutely drenched, but it hasn't dampened the spirits at all of the thousands of people taking part.
2: Now, when we were talking yesterday, Jane, you had mentioned you were going to be wearing or were planning to wear new footwear, and they were kind of like sports sandals, but would they work too well in the rain or what?
9: Actually, the, the, my Reebok athletic sandals are working out fine. I'm very squeaky here because I'm soaked, but at least uh, I don't have
3: wet socks
9: or wet shoes. Well, which that's- is- You know, not the situation here for my dear friend and colleague John Gallagher.
3: Uh He forgot his wellies, did
9: he? He doesn't. Nobody has their wellies. (laughs) Most people have running shoes that are soaked through. Oh man! Now it's a whole. I'm going to pass you the phone to John. Okay, okay, good enough. Uh, The listeners want to hear from him too.
10: So hang on.
2: All right. Yeah, good they've got morning. A, Hey, morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning,
10: John. <laughs> it's like that scene out of uh, Forrest Gump, you know, when he's in Vietnam and the rain is coming at every direction, it's coming sideways, it's coming from uh, underneath, it's oh. coming from the gardener, it's coming from the lake. Oh. oh, that's <laughs> hard, his Mama said these are my magic shoes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, there's a whole new route apparently this year, right?
10: There's, yeah, you know what? Jane has done it in Libby, and then Dale Goldhawk, of course, is here. John Vandriel. Who else from the Morning Show? And who else from the stations walking with? Moses. Moses, of
3: course. Go, Moses, Moses. They just of
10: take us basically every uh, every which way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we just follow the crowd and uh, laughing and grinning, and uh, it's been quite an experience. And we're just uh, you know a couple of kilometers in and uh, twenty five more to go. Oh,
2: now wow. you're going to be staying tonight at the Rogers Center uh, over the wet weather.
10: You know, I could. I may go home and feed the dog. I'm sure he's the guy. <laughs> the door going. Where's the guy with the food? He's my little guy, my little chocolate lab. So uh, we may even walk right by my house. be We go up Avenue Road and maybe take a route here, a route there. I'll get a big uh, bottle of Chardonnay and join. That's the right.
3: There you go. Deek inside and never come back out. <laughs> but, well, thanks John. Thanks
10: so much for your support, everybody. Uh, Jane, boy, she was close to or even for over four over 4000 bucks, I got close to to do, to do, correct. But, um, you know, everyone's Great. smiling. It's a, it's a beautiful day. It's raining on the outside, but our hearts are no. warm from the inside. There oh, you I'm go. got you back to Jane. Okay, okay thanks, John. thanks, John. John
2: Gallagher. One of the uh, yeah
9: thank you both for your support and Charlie, uh, in years past, we uh, will, as we will today walk through some of the really beautiful neighborhoods of Toronto mm-hmm. and always admire all of the gardens and the work that people put into their lawns and their flowers. It's amazing.
3: I'm bad, yeah, it's nice seeing it at, at the walking pace rather than racing by in a car or bus. <laughs>
9: <Right>. <laughs>
2: now well, tonight you, you'll be you'll be sleeping under the dome, I
3: take it.
9: Yes, under any dome at this point' is good news. <laughs>
3: I imagine it'll be closed, right? Yeah, I would think
2: so. Uh, Jane, all the very best. Yeah, exactly.
3: Walk carefully. Our hearts are with you. Thanks to both of
9: you, and thanks to everyone out there who supported the Walk to End Women's cancers.
3: Alrighty. Thank you.
2: Jane Brown. And uh,
3: John Gallagher. And what a, yeah. What a, what a gang, eh? I tell people. you, Z-
2: Team Zoomer, yep. well represented this year, and uh, hey, it's all in such a wonderful cause, as I mentioned, uh, raising funds for the Campbell Family Institute at the Princess Margaret Hospital.
3: And it, and it's, what was it, like 25 kilometers they go today, and then another 25 I tomorrow? I think it's a total
2: 60. I think it's, okay. if I'm not mistaken, it's a long Walk. It is and spread over two days. Boy, nice. oh boy! And Perfect. so good on everybody. Who, for Zoomers who uh, is taking part in that. And those who have donated too. Good on you, right. exactly. Okay, hey, Thank we're nine thirty-five here uh, from AM seven forty, Zoomer Radio, and uh, let's get back to the lines here now. Joyce in Acton is on the line. Good morning, Joyce.
9: Good morning. Morning. Um, I have a very special day, Lily, that was named in memory of my husband, and I want to divide it up and give my granddaughter a piece of it. Mm-hmm. How do I go about it, and when do I do it?
3: Well, you could do it this fall or you could do it next spring. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, is, is it quite a large clump or, you know, how yeah, big is it?
9: It's, it's getting that way.
3: Okay, because daylilies are pretty tough. Right. Um, what you do is you get yourself a digging fork. Right, and you get that nice with the, the moisture in the soil is going to be very very good for us doing any digging or dividing of perennials or plants. So this rain is wonderful. Right. So once the ground is dried out a bit, and it's not you know pure sogginess, uh-huh. a digging fork will help you lift the entire clump out of the ground. Right. And that's usually how how to best divide daylilies. If it's a, if it's a good sized clump, is lift the whole thing. Once you've listed it, you'll see that there's multi plants in there wherever there's a little. Uh, tuft of grassy leaves is a plant. Uh-huh. And all you need to give any of the, the family or friends that you want to share this plant with is ensure that they each of them receives at least one plant. So right. that's that little tuft of green leaves, and there'll be a little bit of root attached to that. It won't be much to start with, but that's all you need to start. And then from that point, theirs will grow into a big clump like yours. Alrighty. Uh, if you want to give them more than that, then it's just a sharp butcher knife, and it's a slice. You just slice up your big clump into smaller clumps, mm-hmm. replant obviously some back into your spot, encourage them to plant into full sun, doesn't need to be great soil, but it has to be well-drained soil and lots and lots of sun for the daily yeah, to I mean, thrive. Because of
9: the significance of it, I'd really like not to lose it. That's
3: right, absolutely. So, so make sure they're it. they're planting in the right spot so right. the plant does well. Very good. Excellent. Thank you ever so much for your help again. And thanks so much for your call.
2: right Joyce, thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show. Master Gardener Charlie Dobbin on scene, answering your questions. If you're in the Toronto area, call this number, 416 600740 and then anywhere else in the province it's toll free one eight six six 740 4740 one of those numbers called by Pam here in Toronto well you'd call the 416 number I guess yeah <laughs> hi pam good morning good
3: morning
5: good morning um good morning charlie and frank thank you for taking my call
3: our pleasure
5: um i have uh, was given uh, by one of my daughters in law uh, a bougainvillea mm-hmm plant. I I'm, I live in an apartment and I have it on the balcony mm-hmm. and uh, it blossomed beautifully mm-hmm. three times, which these, the card with it said it would. Mm-hmm, great. What I'm wondering is um, can I get this to winter so that I can retain it to next year or would that not work out?
3: Oh, I, it's definitely worth a try because it's a lovely plant, but it is a tropical plant. Right. So to overwinter it, it must come inside your, your into your apartment. Right. Do you what direction do you face?
7: I I face east.
3: So you have morning light? Morning sun. Yeah. Well, so the trick with bringing a plant like that into your home is uh, two things. Well, any plants that we're going to bring inside, we want to prepare them for that move by putting them in, starting them now into a shady spot outside. So no more direct sunlight on the plant outside, move it into the shade for the next 10 days or so. And then at that point, you'll give it a full wash soap and water uh, both through the soil and the entire plant, again, keeping it in the shade this whole time. Then you'll wash off all that soap and water. When you bring it in the house, though, or into the apartment, it'll go into the sunniest possible location that you have indoors.
5: Sorry, I didn't get that last sentence. When I bring it into the into my house... Yes,
3: you'll put it in the sunniest possible location that you have. The brightest, yes. right in the window. The whether it's you know the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, whatever's facing uh, directly into as much light as possible. Where you, is where you need to put it once you're inside, right? And then keeping it over the winter, you'll find it'll use less water inside than it was outside. So you'll be careful to not overwater it. Only water when it, like, let it dry down between waterings. Feel the soil before you water. No fertilizer all winter. Uh, You will find a few leaves will drop probably in this bringing it in. No big deal. Just, you know, expect that to happen. Come spring, you know, March, April, time to give it a little trim, start the fertilizing, and be ready to go back outside once we're frost free.
7: Oh, wonderful, because it's been so
3: beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're worth keeping. They're lovely when they're. Oh, they
7: are. And and I want to thank you both. I love your program and (laughs) listen to it avidly.
3: Oh, thank you. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Have a good day. All righty.
2: And very shortly, we're going to go from Pam to Sam here on the morning show. But first, we have to take a little bit of a break, Charlie. And we'll be back after these words here at the Garden Show from AM 740.
1: Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, Sam, I hope you're listening up there in Oshawa, because it's your turn next to talk to Charlie here on The Garden Show. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Morning.
10: Morning. Uh, I have a smoke tree. Mm -hmm. It's roughly 25 years old, maybe better.
8: Mm -hmm.
10: Very aggressive. It grows real... (laughs) but there's no blooms on it. Oh, really? Hardly ever.
3: Do you ever prune it? Have you ever pruned it? I can't hear you. Sam, ha- have you ever cut it back or pruned?
10: Yes, I have. Okay. I, I've cut it, but, but maybe it's the wrong time that I'm cutting it back.
3: I think so. When Remember, um, smoke tree or smoke bush, it's, like you it's said. It's a, a bush. Gri- no, it's the, a bush, but
10: it's. it 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 it, it's full and it's beautiful Mm. other than
3: no flowers just
10: the odd maybe bloom on it that you know hardly any
3: okay so the way it works with smoke bush or smoke tree is uh it's very like you said aggressive if it's untrimmed left alone 25 years later Yes. Uh, 15, 16 feet tall and 10, 12 feet wide. So big, big bush. And we call them smoke bush because when they get the flowers, the flowers look like smoke. Yes. So they're, they're smoking when they're flowering, right? They're oh, very, very pretty. That's the idea, yes. Yeah, so that's what one of the ornamental values or, or reasons that we plant them. So what I would do is they do bloom on new wood. So on the new growth in the spring is where the, the smoke and flowers are going to happen. So. All your pruning should take place early in the spring. Bef- early, yes. early in the spring. Early in the spring, before there's even any leaves, you can get out there and start doing some pruning. I find there's often uh, some tip, what we call tip dieback, or death on the tips of smoke bush in the spring anyway. So that's a perfect time to prune. So just go out. They're, they're slow to come out with their leaves. You can go out sometimes right up until the end of May, and the leaves are still just tiny or in bud. And at that point, you cut away all the dead, Thin out all the crisscrossing intertwining branches and stand back and say, Okay, you know, I need this plant smaller, so bring the whole thing in by a third if you want, as much as a third. You can bring it right down and in at that time, mm-hmm. right up in, like I say, till the end of May. But after that, you don't want to do any trimming,
8: mm-hmm. okay? Okay, uh,
10: when do I start cutting it? It's I know I've done started cutting early in the spring. can you do it in the say in the fall or something?
3: You can but I would be inclined to do it in the spring. You can do it in the fall if you want to. you know um, the time to do it would be uh, towards the end of September.
10: Yeah when they're dormant
3: That's right when they're yeah going dormant. Okay okay, okay. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks Sam.
10: Thank
2: you Sam for joining us here in the garden show from AM 740 Zoomer radio Jerry on the line from Toronto. Good morning Jerry.
10: Good morning. Good morning. I have a clivia plant, which is a little over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And for about the last five years, it hasn't bloomed at all. So I put it out this summer to see if something would happen. I just recently brought it in. Mm-hmm. But it still hasn't bloomed.
3: So I wonder what I'm doing wrong. Okay. So when was the last time you repotted that plant?
10: Well, it was pot-bound until uh, this summer, until I brought it out. And then I repotted it uh, probably about a week ago.
3: Oh, okay. All right. So one of the things about clivia is that they do like to be pot-bound. So, now that you repotted it, of course, you know, it's in a bigger pot, obviously, than it was. Yeah. You watered thoroughly when you did that, and now you've got it. Are you back in the house with it, or is it still outside?
4: back in the house, yeah. Okay.
3: So, the trick with Clivia, a couple of things. One is, in the winter, you want to be very careful with your watering. You want the plant to go almost completely dry in between watering. So be careful you don't water too often. You know, use a moisture meter if necessary, or feel the weight of the pot, or stick your finger in. You know, as long as there's moisture in the soil, no water. To to guarantee flowers in the early summer or late spring with Clivia, what you need as well is a cool spot in the winter. So that our houses tend to be dry and warm. And if there's any way you can provide a a little cooler area than, uh, you know, the sort of 75 degrees that we keep our homes, you will be more guaranteed flowers in the spring than if it's just left at regular uh, room temperature. But the watering steps up in the spring again. We start watering more. We start fertilizing in the spring. And like I say, that temperature gradient can make a real difference in terms of causing those flower buds to be formed.
10: Well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like I said, you know, it was blooming regularly for the last five years or so. I just thought there might be something wrong with the plant because I've been looking after it for about 20 years and right. it's been doing well. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, and so you're saying that your care hasn't changed at all. No, uh, it hasn't. But in the last five years. Well, like you said, that pot-bound aspect may have been a limiting factor. And the other thing is, remember the soil gets depleted of nutrients. So it might have just been that the soil was old now that you freshened up the soil. Keep up that same care that you had been Doing for the first twenty, you know, first fifteen years, and uh, and you're likely to have it blooming again well, if it's very kindly. if it's healthy. You're you know, it's all that's always a good start. And you obviously we're doing something right. So go back to what you are doing <laughs> and hope that that repotting will make a difference. Thanks very much. All right, all thanks right, for your Jerry. Call, Jerry.
10: Thank
2: you very much. And uh, boy, we've got a busy show going here this morning. Fran in Oakville on the line. Good morning, Fran. Hello, Fran.
9: Hi. Morning. Hi. How are you?
3: Great. How are good. you, Fran?
9: Good to talk to you. Um, I have a small um, bougainvillea plant. Mm-hmm. I, it's only about maybe eight inches high, and I never reported it after buying it, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to know what I should do to uh,
3: overwinter it. What size pot is it in now? Oh, I don't know, it
9: must be
3: about a six inch pot. Okay. Six inches across? Yep, six inches are pretty standard and if it's about eight inches tall, that's probably about the size pot it's in. You'll know it's time to repot that plant into a bigger pot if when you pick it up and look underneath, you can see little roots growing out the drainage holes. Okay. If you don't see any roots growing out the drainage holes, then do not repot it now. Uh-huh. Wait until next spring. Uh-huh. In the meantime, is it inside or outside? Outside. Okay. So, um, yeah, we had a caller a few minutes ago who had the same the same thing. She had a beautiful bougainvillea. Oh, she I didn't did, hear that. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want to lose it. Yeah. Uh, so um, what I said to her was, of course, you probably have it in a sunny location now outside. Yeah. yeah. So what you'll do is move it into the shade, uh-huh. leaving it outside. Keep it in a shady spot outside for at least 10 days. Uh So 10 days from now, get out your soap and water solution. Uh Give that plant a complete wash down and uh, soapy water through the soil so you've got no bugs, no pests, no nothing on it. A nice clean rinse off all that soap before you go inside. And once you go in... You're going to go into the sunniest spot you've got inside your house.
9: Uh-huh. I have a plant light. Uh, oh, do you?
3: Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So put on the use the grow light. Uh-huh. Remember though, the plants know that fall is coming and winter's coming, so they are. Organizing themselves for shorter days and longer nights uh-huh. you can you can sort of mess around with their their physiology if you want to by putting your plant light on a 12 hour schedule twelve uh-huh. hours of sun and twelve hours of dark yeah. or you can mimic what's going on outside okay uh, I would be inclined to to mimic what's going on outside, but don't don't make the, d- the day any longer than uh, sorry yeah make the day at least you know, eight hours or ten hours of day length mm-hmm. and then dark for the rest of it. And, of mm-hmm. course, the plant light, you need to have a good distance between it and your Bougainvillea. Otherwise, you know, you can cause yeah. burning on the leaves, etc. But that, that certainly helps. The plant lights, grow lights are a great way to keep tropicals alive through the winter. Mm-hmm. Careful with your over overwater in the winter. It's, it'll use a lot less water indoors than it did outdoors. Oh,
9: waterless, yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, so feel the soil before you water. Uh-huh. And uh, and then leave it alone in the spring. You'll start, you'll start watering more. You'll start fertilizing more. You'll uh-huh. put on your light for longer, and it'll all start to you know pop out new growth and be ready to go outside once we're frost free.
9: Okay, that's great, friend. Good, Th- thank you so much. Okay, thanks
2: thank you for, your for call. listening. Take
3: care.
2: Bye bye now. Thank you, uh, boy. A lot uh, of
3: bucanvillians out there this know. year.
2: I know, and boy, we've got listeners uh, from Oakville tuned in this morning. We're going to be talking to another listener in just a moment. First, uh, I'm going to call, rename myself Limber Larry because I'm going to start my. Exercises right now. Here we go.
3: There we uh-huh. go. And now, of course, yes. the reason you are limbering and yes, being stretching. limber, Larry, mm. is that you took your Sierra Sill today. Yes. And of course, Sierra Sil is a completely natural m- nutrient mineral—sorry, mineral, mineral supplement—that's uh, not nutrient, but mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to help us keep limber. And avoid aches and pains in the joints as we get older and stiffer and sit at computers and that sort of thing in the winter. Uh, It's nice to be able to get up and not be hurting. The trick with Sierra Sill is the people who make it are in Vancouver. They believe that it works for just about everybody and you will feel better within 14 days. If you don't feel better within 14 days, then they'll give you all your money back because it doesn't... They don't claim it works for everybody, just almost everybody. So for more information, give them a call at 1-877-JOINT-14 or check their website, sierrasill.ca, Or you could pick it up at any of the Whole Food markets uh, where it is for sale now as we speak.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Sue's chef of The Garden, Frank Proctor here along with Charlie saying hi to Dorothy in Oakville. Good morning, Dorothy.
1: It's a very
6: timely question. Mm-hmm. My friend and I listen to your program every Saturday and absolutely love it. Thank you. My question is, how do you spell Syracil?
3: <laughs> Good question. All right. So <laughs> you, you talk about it all the time, but you never, never spell, spell it. it. All right. So it's Sierra like the mountains. So S-I-E-R-R-A. And then Syracil. S-I-L. And how do you spell the sill? S-I-L. S-I-L. Is that all one word? Yep. Well, you know what, if you, yeah, it is one word, um, though, on their promotional material, they have the, both of the S's are capitalized, but Sierra Sill is one word.
6: Well, we've been, my friend and I listen to you every Saturday, and we've been trying to look it up (laughs) on the internet. And we've spelled it every which way, but this oh. one, okay?
3: Good, I'm glad you called then. So Sierra, like the mountains. Thank you very, much, and, and
6: continue with your program. Google that.
2: Thank you, and thank you for being uh, part of the gang here on uh, Saturday morning. It's yeah. it's really, it's almost a family affair here, isn't it? Uh, hey, Klaus, uh, good morning to you. Where are you calling from, oh, Klaus? good
8: morning. Yeah. Yeah, I have a question. If I want to grow a tree out of a pit, if the pit needs to have a frost to germinate...
3: Uh A fruit tree, yes yeah, it does, because in in our world that's the way that the seeds naturally do germinate. They yeah. are over they're outside. Now, you can plant a seed and leave it outside over the winter, or sometimes what people will do is they will take a seed and then they will put it in some moist potting soil in a in a ziploc bag in the freezer.
8: Oh. oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea yeah i I put it in a flower pot, okay, and I have it inside because I'm afraid if I have it outside, the squirrel's gonna dig it out and then I lose it.
3: <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah. The squirrels could take it. What I would do is leave if you can leave it in the flower pot, bury the flower pot under the ground. You could lay if you've got a little bit of chicken wire or an old piece of screen or something like that over top of the flower pot to ensure that moisture can get in, but the squirrels can't. Oh yeah, uh, and just have that under the ground, and then stick some stakes in the ground so you'll know where you've buried it, and leave it for the winter. Next spring, you can dig it up and uh, clean off the pot, and sit it out, and keep an eye on it, and see what grows.
8: Yeah. Okay. Uh, could I do a different too? Like to put the uh, the pot into the into the freezer,
3: you could. Um, the main thing is you do need to keep that seed moist. Yeah, so the, yeah, in a plastic bag. You know, if you've got room in the freezer, sure, why not?
8: Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. So with, without the freezing, it wouldn't uh, uh, germinate.
3: It might, but it's going to take a really really long time. Oh, It'll speed okay. it up if you if you. Do the chilling.
8: Yeah, okay. Thank you. Very Thank, much. you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks,
2: Klaus. A garden show uh, going now to a lovely little village just outside Saint Catharines on the way to Niagara the Lake. Virgil and Erica is there. Good morning, Erica.
9: Good morning. Morning. How are you, folks? Good. Great. Good. Um, I'm. In, I'm wondering. Uh, I have a, a garden plot in a little community garden. Nice. And um, several are saying that. There's a trend now for for preparing the garden soil, not by, you know, spading it under every fall, mm-hmm. but just removing the weeds. Is is that is that correct, or is this...
3: Uh, okay, so that's a good point you bring up. Um, what I think you'll find in terms of a trend when it comes to soil preparation is that fewer people are using things like rototillers. We used to rototill and break up the clumps of soil with you know the machine that would really go through and kind of slice up the earth yeah nowadays people aren't rototilling as much because they found that if you break the soil particles down so small with the rototiller you can actually have a big impact on the uh, for the ability of the soil to drain and that sometimes those particle sizes need to be left large nothing wrong with digging but of course when we dig our soil we're actually walking on it as part of the digging so you've got to be sure that you're you're walking, you know. You're not walking where you've dug, yeah. Because that kind of undoes the point. Uh-huh. Digging is a great way to just ensure you've got, uh, you know, again, good air circulation, good moisture penetration through the uh, through the existing soil. Mm-hmm. Um, removing weeds is a great idea. Always at least ensuring that the weeds do not flower. Yeah. So you know, getting those no seeds on the weeds, we have a lot fewer weeds next year if we can get the the flowers off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, digging is a great thing. You know, it's great exercise. But sometimes I think for many of us, it's like, yeah, I just lay a lot of leaves on top and let the, let the worms do the work. You know, they do a lot of chewing up and breaking up of the soil at my place. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a bit of a trend as well.
9: Yeah. And so what about, like, when you do dig it in, is uh, to take, like, a mixture of leaves that are chopped up mm-hmm. and grass clippings. Mm-hmm. Yep, and dig dig those in.
3: You can dig those in, or lay, lay it all on the surface this fall, and you'll find it's all uh, can be maybe more easily dug in next spring. But either way, uh, it will all disappear very quickly if you get all the leaf cl- the leaf lawn clippings and leaves on this fall.
9: Okay. Okay? (laughs) Thank you very much, Charlie. That's great.
2: Thank you. Have a a wonderful weekend, and thanks for joining us here. Okay.
3: Soil is close to my heart. Yeah. Very important. You know what I forgot? I forgot
2: in a little anno uh, production uh, area that we, you know, get all our prep work done. I left a little liner, what they call, uh, Mm. to promo a show that's starting today at 11 o'clock. Normally, I'm on the air at 11, but Mm. from now on, uh, there's going to be a doctor show on between 11 and 12, and today is the inaugural flight so i just want to uh, wish everyone well on that okay and uh it's a doctor sure show or a health yeah, show health show uh, yeah, i guess okay. uh, yeah, see Healthy i left a little liner at, uh, uh, stay
3: tuned well, at 11 for it new was show. Your fault.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pulling off your jacket over your head distracted me, and so I'm, I'm not dripping. taking the blame on this one. I'm, oh, you're gonna have <laughs> but to. anyway, you listen to a brand new show yeah. right here at eleven o'clock on AM seven forty.
3: After the the men and their garage. Are oh, done.
2: Dave and Al and everybody else uh, in here to mm-hmm. entertain and inform. And
3: thank and our, you, thanks. Christina, mm-hmm. and David Gaskin, wonderful help. Thank you, Frank. You're always such a good sous chef. Thanks to all our great callers. See everybody again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.